Jeremiah 11, we're going to jump right into the passage this morning. Jeremiah 11, we're going to start with one, and we're going to go through Jeremiah 11, one through five. We're talking about restoration, how God's restoring our city, how God's restoring us. And uh, the book of Jeremiah is just such a great book on how God tries to restore his desire for him with his people. And you're going to see that. We're going to talk today about a covenant that God has with his people it's found in Jeremiah 11, 1 through 5. I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then we're going to jump right in. Lord, we totally invite you into this place. We uh, just thank you so much for the plans that you have for this morning, that your plans are bigger than our plans, and uh, that you would just speak directly to our hearts, to each one of us in this room, that we would hear directly from you. Holy Spirit, would you just come? Yeah, would you just come? Just ask that you just fill uh, us with your presence, that the word would be alive and living in our hearts today. You know what it is that we came in the doors needing, God. And so would you just speak directly to your kids? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah. Oh, let me uh, add into that. And Lord, I get completely out of your way. I want you to use me, use my words, use the thoughts, the, the studying that went behind this message. Lord, would you just use it for your glory? In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. Jeremiah 11, 1, 1 through 5. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. And so I'm just going to recap really quickly. Jeremiah was a priest, and then God called him to be a prophet. And he's like this lonely prophet that has a bullhorn outside of churches, and he's calling God's people back to God. So kind of be put in Jeremiah's shoes this morning. You know, you're just like constantly called into this thing that you didn't ask for, but God has called you to do this. And so the word of the Lord comes to Jeremiah, and then he proclaims it to people, to God's people. And so it says, this is the word that that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Listen to the terms of this covenant and tell them to the people of Judah and those who live in Jerusalem. That word covenant. Here's the terms of the covenant. I'm going to tell you about it. Tell them that this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Cursed is everyone who does not obey the terms of this covenant. Here's that word covenant again. The terms that commanded that I commanded out of your ancestors when I brought them out of Egypt, the iron smelting furnace. And so he's reminding them, like, remember, this is the same God that brought you guys out of Egypt where you had to where you were in an iron, like it was super hot. And so like God has actually brought you out of that. This is the covenant that I started with you. I said, obey me and do everything I commanded you and you will be my people and I will be your God. Then I will fulfill the oath I swore to your ancestors to give them the land flowing with milk and honey and coffee. I want you to just envision that for a second, a land flowing with milk. Mm. All the lactose people, the lactose has been taken out of the milk. Okay, God knows you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Honey mm. and coffee. <laughs> the land you possess today. So you already have this. You see that? 
Jeremiah is reminding them, this is what God promised, and you already have this land, you're already living in it. Except for the Israelites who are living in exile. So they already had what God had promised them. God's fulfilled his promise, but they haven't fulfilled theirs. The land flowing of milk and honey was already theirs to, to take. They just weren't taking advantage of it. So he's going to give them this land flowing of milk and honey. And then Jeremiah says, I answered, Amen, Lord. You guys say, Amen, Lord. Amen, Lord. So I want to talk to you guys about a covenant that God does. God is a God of covenants. He creates covenants with people, and then he follows through on what he promises. And all throughout history, God has been making covenants with people through his word. Through his word, he's made covenants. So Abraham, you guys remember Abraham? Abraham had this beautiful covenant with God where God brought him out in the middle of the stars. You know, he brings him out to the middle of Leclerc and says, look at the stars in the sky. And he says, your inheritance is going to be just like this. And he starts this covenant with them. And that's where we got the song, Father Abraham and many sons. Anybody else grow up in church? Okay. <laughs> that's where we got that song. God's covenant with Abraham. And then we have the Abraham covenant that gets passed on to Isaac. This covenant that I'm going to be your God. I'm going to give you all the nations. I'm going to bless you. And then Isaac passes it on to Jacob. Jacob, the worship director. Jacob has a covenant with God. Jacob that's running the slides. Only Jacob's at this time, okay? At this period of time, we only have Jacob's. <laughs> it's going to grow. The covenant's going to grow. Trust me. If your name's not Jacob, just wait. And then God starts a covenant with Moses. We have the Mosaic covenant. Moses goes up the mountain to meet God. You guys have heard maybe this story if you grew up in, in children's church. And maybe if you've read the Bible, you've heard this. Like Moses goes up the mountain. God meets Moses on the mountain. And he gives them the Ten Commandments. Remember this? And then Moses comes back down the mountain only to find that the people, it took 40 days for God to write these Ten Commandments to Moses. He comes down the mountain to find that the people got so bored of waiting for Moses, 40 days they were done waiting for him, that they pulled all their gold together and made a golden calf and started following that through the desert. Like, Moses has left us. It's been 40 days. So God's trying to fulfill his covenant through Moses with the people, and then he comes back down the mountain to find that the people have totally turned away from God again. They pooled all their gold together and made a golden calf. And so Moses does what? He smashes the, the Ten Commandments on the ground, and then he goes back up the mountain, and hears the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord comes back down with Moses, and instead of Moses conveying the word of the Lord, actually God speaks to his people. And has everybody together and speaks from the sky, I am the Lord your God. And it freaks people out. And so after that, the people go, hey, no longer do we want God to speak to us. We just like, Moses, will you talk to God? And then like, tell us what God is saying, because that was freaky. <laughs> and so Moses goes back out the mountain. He comes down. And he's shining like people couldn't even look at him because he was in the glory of God. And then he actually had this transcript that God wrote out the Ten Commandments on, a, on tablets and like carved them in there and then wrote his name, God. 
Like, I sign this. If you do these things, if you fulfill these things, then I will be your God. This was the covenant. This was the agreement. Don't worship any other God besides me. If you do that, I'll be your God. The covenant has some promises that go along with it when you're in God's covenant. For the Israelites, it was that they would be God's special possession. They're his special people. That they would be a kingdom of priests. So if you needed a priest, you, you would have to have one of them be the priest. And the reason that they're the priest, because they could enter into the presence of God. How cool is that? That they were able to do that because of this covenant. That Israel would be a holy nation, that it'd be set apart. This is my special, blessed nation, Israel. And that God would fight all of their battles. The Israelites went up against some really big people and won battles just because of God, not because of their strength, not because of their will, not because of their tactical uh, plans. It was the Lord that actually like, fought their battles for them. And then the last thing is, out of the five is God would treat Israel with grace and mercy and forgive her sins. They had this covenant with God. God would forgive them. They would walk in mercy. So these are divine uh, promises that God does with the Israelites. And they all depend on this one thing. Exodus 19.5 says, If you obey my voice and keep my commandments, then you shall. Then you shall be my special people. Then you shall receive the promises that I have for you. Then I will protect you. Then I will forgive your sins. So this is where we find Jeremiah's words today in Jeremiah 11 as we read through the book of Jeremiah together. God made an oath with you guys. He's willing to keep his word and he's just waiting on us to to like fulfill it. Remember the Mosaic Covenant, God. Guys, that, that God, your God, just invites you into loving him. God wants to be your God. You hear it in Jeremiah's word. Listen to the terms of this covenant and tell them to the people of Judah. The terms that I commanded of your ancestors when I brought you guys out of Egypt. Obey me and do everything I commanded you, and you will be my people, and I will be your God. This is what Jeremiah is inviting them into. He's reminding them. He's out on the street telling them, remember the covenant. Remember what God's going to do for us. It seems like a really easy choice, doesn't it? So, hold on. You can have these gods of, of Baal, and actually in Jeremiah 12, it talks about you have more gods than you do cities. So there's lots of gods that people are worshiping that weren't the Lord the God. But you have the God of Baal, who you burn incense to. You get nothing in return. Nothing at all. You just worship this, like, golden god. Or you can have the five blessings of the Lord. So which one do you choose? And the Israelites constantly just chose Baal. After all that God had done, after God had brought them out of everything, that he's rescued them, they just constantly chose Baal. 
So I want to fast forward to Jesus coming to earth in the flesh. Because what happened is they walked away from this covenant that God had with them. They couldn't do it. They couldn't follow through with the commandments. They wanted other gods besides God. I understand what God's offering me, but you know what? I really want that Baal. So God sent his son to live the perfect life. Jesus completed the Ten Commandments without a mistake. He completed the oath that people could not complete. He lived out everything that God had commanded when he told Moses the Ten Commandments. Jesus lived it all out. Not only did he complete the commandments, but he was the ultimate sacrifice to adopt us in to the covenant. Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice that no longer was this covenant with a special group of people, but Jesus took it upon himself to complete everything so that you and I can be adopted into the covenant. I have a, you guys have an iPhone, anybody? Anyone? Yeah, got an iPhone, you got face, face recognition? Yeah, cool. Can anybody else open your phone? Besides you? No, that's facial recognition, right? Would you get a hold of iPhone? Would you get a hold of Apple if somebody else could open it? Jeff, you kind of look like me, don't you? We try to open here. Let's see. Facial recognition. There's Neil. Did it work? No? Hmm. Let's see. What about you? No? That's my wife. Go ahead. I'm not going to put him on the spot, but my son can open my phone with facial recognition. Ethan can, can actually open my phone and slide up and, you know, access everything that I can access, Ethan can access. That's pretty neat, right? And so I was just reminded of that when he showed me that this week. I was reminded of Jesus, that Jesus came as the access point for all of us to have the Father, to complete that covenant that God had, those blessings, those five things that that God comes with a blessing for us in the covenant, that Jesus gave us complete access to the Father. So when God sees us, he sees us, but he sees what Jesus did for us. He doesn't see our mistakes. He doesn't see our failures. He sees what his son did. How amazing is that? That we can have complete access to the Father. We can have everything that Jesus had to offer, everything that we read in New Testament, everything we read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We see all the amazing things that Jesus did. We have access to the same exact Father because of what Jesus did. That when we receive Jesus, we receive the Father's blessing. That through Jesus, we can be God's chosen people. We can be his royal priests. That through Jesus, we can have his protection and his provision of milk and honey and coffee. That through Jesus, he will fight on our behalf. 
Now, I want to remind you about something about fighting. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. So what that means is that Jesus will fight on your behalf against the war of the enemy. When the enemy comes to attack you, you are not in a feeble position. Instead, you are a warrior for Christ. And it's through Jesus. It's not because you built yourself up to be something. It's only because of what Jesus did. He gave us access to the Father. So he will fight on our behalf. And that through Jesus, we can receive his grace, his mercy, and his forgiveness. He lived the life that we couldn't live. He followed the commands that we could not follow all the time. Instead of going up the mountain to receive 10 more commandments, Jesus went up the mountain to pay the ultimate sacrifice for us. You and I have an opportunity to live in God's blessing. Jeremiah's message was, you guys can have access to the Father. Remember the covenant that God had with you. Remember the Mosaic covenant. And they didn't understand it. Jesus comes and says, remember the Father. Love the Lord your God and serve him only, and then love people as yourself. Two things, right? It's all wrapped up into those two things, and people still didn't understand it. They still didn't get it. But we have an opportunity today and every single day to wake up with new mercies and grab a hold of this truth. That we are sons and daughters of the king. We are sons and daughters of God. We can live in the authority of Christ. We can command evil to leave. And we can have access to the Father. Now for the practical home improvement side of the message. (laughs) As we're talking about restoring this old house. (laughs) This old house. (laughs) When I first came to God, my life, um, I was really overwhelmed at the restoration project. Completely overwhelmed. Everywhere I looked was a mess. Nothing was in order. I was trying to quit this habit, that addiction, that sin. That relationship was rocky. I had burned a lot of bridges with people. Everywhere I looked was a complete disaster. (laughs) Standing on the outside of the house and going, man, it needs new windows. It needs new siding. It needs a new porch. It's falling apart. This was my life. And it was so hard not to just stand there and just consume how much work needed to be done. Is there any way that God could turn this thing around? I would get very overwhelmed. All I would do is focus on the things that needed fixed. I just want to give you uh, some really practical advice. If you talk about I'm trying to quit and like that's the main thing that you talk about in life is I'm trying to quit this, you're actually inviting yourself to think about that even more. 
And so it's not I'm trying to quit something, it's I'm actually moving forward in this. I'm, I'm pushing away from that. And like, you don't have to mention what we're trying to quit all the time. Because what it does is it actually focuses your mind on what it is that you're thinking about. <laughs> and it, you think about it even more. And so that's what I would do, is I would just think of all the things I'm trying to quit. And one thing, I don't know if anybody never believes this, but I had like a huge anger problem. I really did. I would blow up all the time. I can share a story with you guys about trying to quit smoking (laughs) and playing Monopoly at the same time. (laughs) The stupid community chess cards kept telling me to go to jail. I finally got to a point where I ripped up all the cards. And I left the table. Uh, I'm not going to mention that. Just focusing on all the things I'm trying to quit, all the things that need work, all the things that need restored, and it's just overwhelming constantly. Just so full of like, man, I just have so much of a mess to clean up. But what Jesus started showing me, and he still shows me today, is here's what I'm restoring. Not the areas, Neil, you're trying to be better at. No, those are nice. Good job, son. But here's the area that I'm restoring in you. Here's where I'm working. Will you let me work? Will you give me the keys? Because I'd love to work on that room. It's a mess. Will you give me the keys? I was so performance-based. Everything was about my performance, being good enough, trying to quit this. Hey, I quit that, and I quit this. And that when I would screw up, I would just completely fall. And it was literally because I was just like so focused on what God was trying to do instead of just going, here you go, here's the keys, whatever you want to do. Not going to force your hand into anything. Not going to push you away. The main turn, turning point for me personally, and I don't know if this is, uh, applies to you, but the main turning point for me was that God called me a son, that I have access to the Father. And I just realized that like two years ago. It's taken me this long. That I am God's son. And it's not because of what I've done right. It's not because of, like, I finally earned his approval. It's just because he loves me. He just loves me as his son. So how easy is it for, to let God, like, restore my life because I know you're a good father. And I know you love me. I'm going to cooperate with you. Whatever you want to do, here's the keys to my heart. I know you're a good dad. This covenant invited us into being sons and daughters of the king. And if you're a daughter of the king, as I was praying for us today, I was just like, man, God wants you to know how beautiful you are. The father's love is for his daughters is it's more than any dad could convey. 
that you were so beautiful to his eyes. You were priceless. He loves you that much. For the sons in the room, you don't have to earn his approval. You don't have to do the certain things that like, dad, dad, see me, see me. I'm, I'm here, I'm doing this stuff. You don't have to do that. He just loves you because you're his son. You don't have to strive. Your dad notices you. This is what Jeremiah was inviting people into. This is what Jesus paid the price for all of us to inherit. That you and I get to live in the provision and the blessing of God. That he will fight our battles for us. That we are sons and daughters of the king. And there's so much forgiveness and mercy in his love. We can all just receive that. So the invite's exactly the same as it was in Jeremiah's time. God says, can I be your God? Can I just be your God? I want to be your God. And every single time that the Lord like, invites me into that, there's a new leaf that he's turning over. How many of you know what I mean? Because he's never done with the process. He's always inviting us into more. And so today, I just want to invite you Whatever that means to you, if you're like, man, I have been striving so hard to be a provider, like I haven't actually like tapped into, like, I'm going to invite God to be my provider today. I just invite you to do that. Maybe you've been striving, maybe you find yourself like me where you're just like working so hard to earn God's approval. God's just like, I just want to give you my approval because you're what I created. You're perfect. Whatever the Lord's inviting you into, I just want to just convey the message that Jeremiah conveyed. Can I be your God? God wants to be your God. Hand over anything and everything to him. Whatever you want to access, Lord, here's the keys. Fix this old house. (laughs) You guys want to pray? So, Lord, I just thank you that you are our God. You are our protector and I think that means a lot right now, Lord, that um, I, just, I just feel like there's some people in the room that just need to hear that you are the great protector, that our battle is not against flesh and blood. And so sometimes it very much feels like it's flesh and blood, but you are going to protect us. You're the protector. No matter what's said, no matter what we can't control, you're the great protector, Lord. You are our provider. You are our, and you are our Savior. Come and be our God. Come and be our God. Have whatever it is that you want in our life, Lord. We just, we just uh, invite you, God, would you just draw us closer to a desire for you, a hunger for you, a passion for your word, Lord, a passion for prayer, a passion for restoration, Lord. Come and be our God. In every area of our life, we just invite you, whatever you're working on, Lord, we just hand you over the keys. We just step into that, that that we are your sons and your daughters, and we can just trust you in that. Or we can trust you with our kids. 
for anybody in the room that's just, um, that's a parent in this room, I just want to invite you to just hand over those keys to your kids. You could just trust the Lord and his plans for your kids. Just trust you, Lord. Also just sense that there's some people in this room that there's some relationships that are just really broken right now. And God just wants to invite you to just trust him with those relationships. Just hand them the keys. Just trust you in that, Lord. Just also sense that there's some people in this room that have some really big decisions to make, even uh, moving decisions or um, decisions of um, just large decisions. And you're just like, just been weighing it out. I just want to invite you to just hand the keys over to the Lord and that. Hand the truck keys over to him. Hand the U-Haul keys over to him and say, Lord, you know, wherever you want to guide me, wherever you want to lead me, uh, I'm yours. Just trust you, God. Thank you for the amazing blessing that we get to live in, Lord. Lord, so as we worship you, I just... Uh, come Holy Spirit, would you just come? And, and Father, would you just fill your kids with your love this morning for each one of us, for each daughter in the room, for each son in the room, would you just fill us with your love? Amen. Just invite you to stand up. We're gonna sing one more song. During this last song, you can receive communion. We have communion uh, at the back there. You can grab communion, just receive it while we're singing. We have Sherry at the back of the room. If there's anything in this message that just really hit home or anything going on in your life that you'd like prayer about, she would love to pray with you. She's right over here.